What is up, guys, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast. And guys, the draft has commenced. The draft has commenced. So, guys, this is going to be a quick episode where we give you guys instant reaction to Washington actually selecting wide receiver Jahan Dotson with the 16th pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And yes, I did say the 16th pick. So as we've been talking about in episodes leading up and everything, Washington was set to have the 11th overall pick. But I know everybody in the trade back or in the Washington Commanders community from that trade back crowd, you guys got what you wanted. You guys got what you wanted. Washington was able to actually trade back um, from the 11th pick to the 16th pick with the New Orleans Saints. And in um, addition, they were able to get the 98th pick is also um, the 120th pick. So they scooped up an extra third round pick, um, a pick in a round that they didn't have. Um, and they also got another fourth round pick. So they'll be having two picks today. Um, today is actually Friday, April 29th. It's about 3 p.m. So they have two picks today in the second and third round. But first, we need to touch on this first round selection of wide receiver. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. So, guys, as I've said before, if you're checking this out on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, be sure to like, be sure to comment. Uh, I appreciate all interactions. And if you're listening to this on audio only um, through any podcast platform, especially um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, be sure to rate, review, and um, subscribe. I appreciate all interactions. Let's make sure that we finesse these algorithms so that Bleeding BNG is your number one source for everything Washington Commanders. Whenever you type in that search bar, Washington Commanders, Bleeding BNG, we want to be the first thing that pops up. But let's get into this draft. Let's get into this instant reaction of Jahan Dotson becoming the first ever selection for the Washington Commanders. And like I said, guys, this isn't going to be a long episode at all. We'll come back later in the week with a more of a draft weekend recap. Where we'll recap um, picks from today, Saturday, along with the Jahan Dotson selection. But, you know, the first overall, the first round pick is the most important. So this is one I really wanted to give a short, quick, in-depth episode um, talking about, you know, my feelings and, you know, giving the instant reaction of what I think about the trade. So, honestly, um, I know contrary to what how, you know, my instant reaction was on Twitter or on social medias, I'm actually not mad at the player, um, not mad at the pick at all. Jahan Dotson is an amazing player. Uh, this is a guy who was basically Penn State's offense um, through the receiving element for the last two years. And especially this last year, um, having, you know, Pat Fryermuth play his rookie season in Pittsburgh in the past uh, 2021 season. So this is a guy who, who was Mr. Everything for Penn State throughout his career for Penn State. And I love the prospect. While I do think that we reached at 16, what the thing that I'm most upset about um, is that even though, you know, you did get your picks that you were looking for, and I believe that the trade back scenario came more likely after listening to, um, you know, Coach Rivera and um, Mr. Uh, Mayhew's, um, you know, pre-draft week presser talking about, hey, that all the talent, the strength of this draft is in the middle rounds. They said it over and over again. And that kind of perked my ears up to listen out and to be on the lookout for anything. Uh, not necessarily a trade up, but it seemed like these guys want more picks. It seemed like they these guys know that they have um, holes on the roster that need to be filled. And it seems like these guys know that they have some guys on the roster already that they're going to be having to give the bag to um, coming up. So getting a lot of these guys on rookie deals or filling some of these gaps on rookie deals is essential. Especially when you're looking to give a guy like Terry McLaurin, what, 24 to $26 million a year? Signing a lot of these guys on rookie deals is essential. So while I did love the trade back or the fact that we did trade back, 
Um, I wasn't too crazy about how the scenario played out. You know, initially with the trade back, you know, I was hyped. I was like, oh, man, we picked up another, you know, top 100 pick. We got another um, fourth round pick. But then, you know, the New Orleans Saints, they went and got our guy. Or they went and got a lot of you guys' uh, guy from the Washington Commanders community and Chris Olave. Right? And one of the reasons that I wasn't necessarily upset with the trade back is because my guy, my wide receiver number one, the guy that I really wanted, my clear-cut preference to be the uh, pick for Washington at 11, was Garrett Wilson. And, you know, he was selected by the New York Jets with the 10th pick. So he was selected right before um, Washington. So that hurt my heart a little bit, to be honest. That hurt my heart a little bit. And if you guys could check, we actually did a live um, like watch party for the draft on my boy Rio Robinson's channel. Um, go ahead and check out my reaction when Garrett Wilson got selected. If I can, I'm going to clip it in this video for my YouTube family. Um, I just fell out on the floor because uh, we were so close. We were so close to having him. And like I said, that was my guy. So he, um, if he was on the board, I wasn't even listening to trade back. I wasn't listening to any type of trade back scenario. But being that he wasn't on the board anymore, um, but the likes of the guys that we were talking about leading up to the draft, like a guy like Kyle Hamilton was, I wasn't necessarily opposed. While I do love Kyle Hamilton and things like that, he wasn't my clear cut number one. And I believe that, you know, with the position value as safety, I think that, you know, getting a third-round pick uh, and not necessarily needing a guy to play, you know, strong or free safety, but looking for them to play that specific Buffalo nickel role, I think that getting those depth in, a, in those middle rounds were essential for that pick. But, 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 there's always a but. Um, you know, there's never 100% great things going on in the Washington Commanders community of recently. Uh, I don't know if... We plan for, you know, the guys that went off for the scenario to play out the way it did. While trading back sounds nice and, and looks nice and is amazing in essence, when you know, uh, well, we believe and we were told throughout the local media. So this leaves me with a lot of questions for those people as well. But we were told throughout the local media, like it was Drake London and Chris Olave. Those were their guys. And when Drake London went off at eight, I, I kind of understood it. I, I got it. But it seems as if like they pissed down their legs when they realized like... I don't know if Drake London was, you know, their clear cut number one guy. And as soon as he was off at eight, it was like, all right, we're moving back no matter what. But it seemed as if like they didn't even want Chris Olave. Chris Olave. That's what this trade tells me, because there's no way you can tell me that you're going to make a trade with a team in the NFL and you don't know who they're selecting unless you uh, you don't know who they're selecting, even if that's the guy that you want. You, you do the due diligence just in case it's the guy that you want. And all the local medias are telling us, oh, we're so infatuated. And it wasn't just the local media. I'm not going to put it on them. You know, Coach Rivera and, you know, the front office was giving good smoke as well. Having our wide receiver coach and Coach Rivera hanging out with Chris Olave at the pro day, having him talk about Chris Olave in his um in his uh, interview he did at the I believe it was at the combine or when he was just simply watching film with Logan Paulson, he had a lot of people, myself included, believing that you know Chris Olave was their guy, and I wasn't necessarily the most excited about it uh, because you know we're not the highest on Chris Olave, but we do think that he's a good prospect and we think that he can be an instant contributor. We think that his uh, ceiling is just a tad bit limited. So go back to our wide receiver rankings episode in reference to what I just talked about. But speaking of a limited ceiling, this is kind of like how I feel about Jahan Dotson, right? Jahan Dotson is an amazing player. This guy's 5'11", 178 pounds, and he, he catches everything. I know I've been quoted as saying that George Pickens has the best hands in the draft. Well, this guy, the stat shows and numbers never lie that, you know, he actually had the best hands in the entire draft. I think he had a 3% drop rate in his entire collegiate career, which is insane. 
which is simply insane. A lot of people don't get that in one year. This is a guy that had it over the course of his entire time at Penn State. Um, this is a guy that just simply does not drop balls. This is a guy that just simply does not drop balls. And this is a guy who is, you know, more athletic than, you know, what these measurables may seem like. When you read off 443 and 36 inch vertical, those aren't bad numbers at all. But I think that he plays a tad bit faster. And with his body control and with his catch radius, you know, that 36 um, vert 36 inch vertical jump, wow, really, really good. I'm not knocking that and saying that was a scrub vertical jump by any means. He seems to play bigger at times, Mosses and bigger DBs. Um, just to look at what he did to Sean Wade all of 2020 when he faced against Ohio State. Um, so I love the I love the I love the player. I love the player. While a lot of people feel like it was a reach at 16, I'm not necessarily willing to go that far because I do believe that the Arizona Cardinals and the Green Bay Packers would have selected him if he wasn't on the clock, um, if he wasn't taken off the clock by us with the 16th pick. And you just look at how the, the way that the draft uh, when the, the draft board played out for the entire league, guys. Six wide receivers went in the top 20 picks. So we need to start realizing this position as a position of premium. And this is one of the higher, you know, esteemed positions in the NFL this, uh, at this point. You know, this is a passing league. And I know the wide receiver position used to get devalued a lot because it's very dependent. But, guys, if you look around, you need a dynamic receiver to win, win in today's NFL. Look at the two Super Bowl um, participants in this past season with Jamar Chase with the Cincinnati Bengals and Odell Beckham and Cooper Cup. Not to mention Robert Woods, who had got injured um, earlier in the season, but they had dynamic wide receivers coming out the ass. And you need these type of guys uh, to be successful in the NFL nowadays. Guys like Stephon Diggs for the Buffalo Bill. Guys like you know, guys like DeAndre Hopkins for the Arizona Cardinals. These are guys that contribute to winning in today's passing NFL, where you know the pass is more has more of an emphasis on it than ever before. You know, we used to hear about three yards of the cloud of dust football. You know, defenses win championships. Well, those are very antiquated. So while I wasn't mad at the pick at all, like I told you, I was more upset with the scenario. You know. Jahan Dotson is a great player, but, and I didn't expect this. I didn't expect this at all, but you have a potential blue chip prospect and Jamison Williams sitting there for the taking. Jamison Williams ended up going with the 12th pick. So the pick after our original pick, after we had traded out um, to the Detroit Lions, but guys, I just, this is one I just can't live with right now. This is one I just can't live with. While I love Jahan Dotson, I do think he has a limited ceiling. And I'm under the impression, I told you guys a long time ago, we're big best player available guys over here when the draft is concerned. And I'm under the impression that you don't pass up on potential all-pro players for guys that have limited ceilings and things like that, no matter how instant you think that guy with the limited ceiling is going to is going to um, contribute, you know, a lot of people are talking about, well, dude, maybe maybe Ron didn't want to wait for Jamison, you know, to play. He might start the year off on the physically unable to perform list. He might not be ready till November. Well, guess what? Ron put that pressure on himself. One, by just not winning enough games in his first two years. And two, by letting you know that this year he's going all in or not. He's told everybody and their mother throughout the offseason, everybody that will listen, that this is the year. This is the make or break year. And guess what? Nobody else said it other than Ron Rivera. So he put that pressure on himself. He put that pressure on himself. So I don't really want to hear that talking point when I, uh, when talking about um, Jameson Williams. And like I said, I love Jahan Dotson. I just don't think that he brings that game-breaking potential with the 
whatever speed that Jahan, um, that Jameson Williams has. And I know a lot of people are like, well, got, well, dude, you, 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 Jameson Williams may not be projected to come back and be this, that, that burner that he was before his knee injury. And I completely understand it. I completely understand it. But I'm willing to take a flyer. I'm willing to take a flyer because how soon we forget if we were talking about this in September of 2021 leading up into the season, let's do August because Curtis Samuel was on the side field for practically all summer. Let's do August before he was officially ruled out for the um, for the you know start of the year and things like that. I didn't hear really too many people talking about wide receiver being a need after we drafted a guy like De'Ami Brown. Now, before the season, that's what I'm talking about. Now, I'm saying this is because these are the guys that are still on the roster. You know, we didn't see much of Curtis Samuel last year. De'Ami Brown was, was a disappointment. But these are guys that you guys were necessarily high on. And I was as well. So I didn't necessarily think that, you know... You needed to take a wide receiver, but when you have a blue chip prospect like Jahan, uh, like Jamison Williams right there on the board for the taking, I feel like you can you can you can waste a couple of games. You can you can spare time for a couple of games until you get that dynamic talent back. This is a guy that has potential to be the best wide receiver on your team, Terry McLaurin included. Terry McLaurin included, and you know how much we love Terry McLaurin over here. And I think that's my biggest issue with this pick. While I love Jahan Dotson, I just got finished watching his press conference. Dude is an amazing interview. He speaks really well. Um, he plays bigger than his size. He's, he's scheme versatile. And I think that this is one of the things that actually pushed him over a guy um, like Jamison Williams for Washington. Um, because, you know, this is a guy that's projected to play the slot in the NFL, but he actually had, what, over 80% of his snaps uh, in Penn State um, lined up outside, so he can give it to you any which way. And I think that he's going to actually play more of the boundary receiver um, than a lot of us think over at the Washington Commanders community. This is a guy who plays bigger than his size, and it allows him to do that. He's a route technician. While he may not be as crisp as um, Chris Olave, I feel like he gives you every bit of production Chris Olave gives you with a worse quarterback play one of the reasons that we wasn't high on as high on Chris Olave is because he was the second uh, he was the wide receiver too or he was the second best wide receiver on his college football team that, that featured a slew of weapons so how much attention was he really getting I feel like that was a reason why he was breaking so many coverages and things like that because you had to worry about everybody else well this past season Jahan Dawson was basically in the Penn State's entire offense Giving it to you any which way. I love him run. I love his run after the catch. He's 35 times better than Chris Olave in the run after the catch department. Um, almost just as good as of a route runner. And if we're being honest, he played with 10 times worse to quarterback play. These guys, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, even my favorite in Garrett Wilson, they're playing with a guy that's projected to be a top two pick in the 2023 draft in, in, um, in CJ Stroud. C.J. Stroud, basically his entire career at Penn State, um, Jahan Dotson was playing with a guy who, like in Sean Clifford who may not even make the XFL or the UFL if he ever tries that route. This is a guy that throws up more hospital balls than Taylor Heineke. And just like Terry McLaurin does for the Washington football team at the time or the Redskins at the time, but now the Commanders, Jahan Dotson made play after play after play, made his quarterback look good time after time after time, all over again. So, like I said, guys, I am not upset at the pick. I'm just upset at the scenario that played out because I honestly think that we thought that uh, either Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, or Kyle Hamilton was still going to be there on the board at 16, so we were going to be able to trade back and get one of our guys because we weren't we weren't necessarily linked to Jahan Dotson at all. And I know even after you know our initial trade back, 
a lot of the local news reporters started to say, oh, well, you know, they did have a private workout or a recent private workout with Traylon Burks. Like, why are you guys reporting that now after the trade, which is very weird, sitting on that information? Um, is it because you guys are afraid to be wrong? Um, yeah, I think so. But even that, you know, they, they threw us another curveball. You know, they were just chilling with Traylon Burks last week, and they selected another wide receiver that wasn't necessarily linked to him. And you you can hear just in, you know, Jahan Dotson's reaction and his pressers after the draft and in today. He was like, man, I was watching basketball. I didn't even expect to go around this time. So, yeah, it may be a reach. It may be a reach, but this is a guy that I feel like does fit um, Scott Turner's offense. You know, while a lot of people say, yeah, you know, he has that big body when we were talking about Drake London. You know, he's always had that Devin Funches, Kelvin Benjamin type. Well, his, this this offense, Scott Turner's offense, as well as his father's North Turner's offense, has always relied on guys being able to run after the catch. If you can remember early in Scott Turner's first year in 2020, Terry McLaurin led the league and run after the catch throughout four out like the first six weeks. And this is a guy, uh, Jahan Dotson, I think might be even better after the catch. Go look at his play against Penn State. I want to say in his 2019 season, this is a guy that caught a dig. In the middle of the field, um, made one cut, hit the sidelines, and was gone. I honestly think that he plays faster than that 4-4-3 speed. And he's going to need to. He's going to need to. There are some physical limitations there. And this is the reason why I think that he'll never have the potential to be the number, the wide receiver one on this roster. Just in terms of this roster, I don't think he'll ever supplant a guy like Terry McLaurin. Like I think guys like Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, and even Drake London. I think that all those guys had the potential to do. Um, so that's why I wasn't necessarily as high on a guy like Jahan Dotson. But this is not a bad pick at all. This is a guy that's going to, he's a jitterbug in space. He's going to give you more explosion, uh, more explosive plays than, you know, his predecessors and Adam Humphreys and DeAndre Carter and things like that. And this is a guy that can even give you something in the punt return game, which we seem to not have right now. Um, but, you know, a guy like DeAndre Carter signing over to the Los Angeles Chargers. So I'm very excited about this pick. Um, while it wasn't necessarily my preference and while I was bashing it at first, I had a, I had a night to sleep over it. Um, and not even necessarily watching highlights, but seeing a lot of context, seeing him, seeing how he carries himself in his press conference. Because I, I, I knew well about the player. I knew well about the player. I was at the Merlin game when he, when he scored uh, three touchdowns and had 240 yards. I saw that game live. So he was, ne he was never necessarily a scrub with me. Um, so don't get that confused with my initial reaction for the people that do follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm, not, I'm actually not mad at the player at all. I'm more mad at the scenario, but hey. Hey, it's happened now, and I guess I, well, no guess. John Dyson is the guy that I'm riding or dying with for the rest of his Washington Commander tenure. Um, like I said, this is a guy that can play in the slot. This is a guy that can play on the outside. So with a guy with a similar skill set um, as Curtis Samuel that can do some of the same things in the slot and outside, this can provide a slew of matchup problems for this Scott Turner's offense and, you know, can give, you know, Carson Wentz an easier time. You know, Carson tends to struggle with his athleticism. But, I mean, his accuracy, excuse me, Carson tends to struggle with his accuracy. But if you got guys running wide open five yards away from people, you don't necessarily have to be the most accurate. So I think that that was the kind of, you know, receiver they were looking for in terms of play style. And they got that jitterbug in Jahan Dotson. So, guys, if you love this pick, please let us know how you feel about the pick on the comment. Like I said, this is going to be a quick, instant reaction. Not mad at the pick at all. Jahan Dotson is a dog and a hell of a football player. While I do wish the scenario um, did play out a little bit differently, I will be a fool to tell you that we didn't get better. Um, our roster didn't get better yesterday. So, I'm excited. 
I'm excited to see what the rest of the draft brings. We do have two extra picks. Um, second round is about to happen in about three hours. Personally, I want Leo Chanel or a guy like Jalen Petre at 47. Time to wrap up this defense to get it to where they were expected to be last year. But the draft is here, and I'm so excited. So, Jahan Dotson, shout out to you. Our first ever Washington Commander pick, um, and I'm excited for the rest of the draft. So, be sure to tune in um, on our social media pages. Our first is our Instagram, at BleedingBNG. B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G-B-N-G. Our Twitter is at BleedingBNG. B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. And we've been pushing out a slew of content. We were giving instant reactions on Twitter. Uh, we've been pushing out a lot of content, uh, graphics and things like that on Instagram. So be sure to check us out. Be sure to follow us. And be sure to interact with us. Because like I told you guys before, we love to chop it up with the Washington Commander community. So as I told you guys, I'm going to have an entire draft weekend recap done. Uh, maybe around Sunday. So be sure to be on the lookout for that one. But in the meantime, let us know how you feel about that Jahan Doxson pick. Like I said, I wasn't the craziest on it initially but i'm warming up to it because i think that we're we're finally being keep keeping up with the joneses as far as these modern offenses and we may be able to put up more than 21 points on average this season so if you love this episode be sure to subscribe thank you guys for tuning in and i'll check in on you guys later peace